You're listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. This is your host, Stephen Roach. This is season six, episode five. The artist known as Propaganda is a Los Angeles-born poet, political activist, academic, and MC. His body of work challenges listeners with difficult and sometimes controversial topics such as systemic injustice and racism. With musical roots ranging from aggressive battle raps to smooth introspective rhythms, Propaganda's music crosses cultural spectrums while his deep lyrical prowess appeals to both the heart and the intellect alike. They would listen if we ain't furious. So we painted our picket signs and we blessed the due process. And we learned the constitution and believed in the Bill of Rights and learned our- In this episode, I talk with Propaganda about the motivations behind his poetry, his music, and social conscience. Patrons of the podcast can enjoy an additional segment with Propaganda at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. This is my conversation with Los Angeles-based poet and political activist, Propaganda. Made our hashtags and you mocked us. But we broke our necks just to hold our chins up in them anti-gang rallies. Propaganda, it's an honor to have you on Makers and Mystics. Thank you for taking the time to be on the show. Yeah, man. I think we tried to do this a few times, right? (laughs) I think it's been a minute. Yeah. (laughs) Super glad to be here. Well, dude, I've been a fan of your work for a while, a fan of your poetry, your spoken word, the things you have to say. And so I'm looking forward to introducing you to our audience and seeing what kind of trouble we can get into. Yeah, dude. Let's go. Well, let's start right here then. Tell me some about your background as a poet. How long have you been pursuing the art of words? Yeah, um, so I just came from just the LA underground sort of battle rap, hip hop scene. Um, That's really my origins. I didn't try poetry until college. And I was like the motivation of most young college men it was a girl you know uh she's an upperclassman she's a professor at like sf state now but like it was just like she was a, she was like a slam poet and they were hosting these like total like freedom fighter like you know resistance like events on campus and she was like, I'm, you're a pretty good rapper. You'd probably be a pretty good poet too. And I just melted when she said that. So I was like, <laughs> you know, she's like a senior. So I'm just like, you're act, you're like a full grown woman. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So totally. like, you know, which is so silly. I mean, she's 20, you know? Um, but like <laughs> at the time I was like, oh my God. So anyway, um, yeah, her kind of vote of confidence. Like, so I went to, so I wrote something for that memorized it went and did the thing and then was like oh yeah i'm hooked yeah yeah i'm in this is an amazing art form so i was kind of like the origins then i just got plugged into all the scenes out here you know the different uh poetry uh weeklies and just was like became a regular you know Mm -hmm. and i know that a large part of your work deals with cultural commentary systemic injustices and racial tensions. Yeah. But I'm curious to know why these issues are important to you as an artist. Yeah. I mean, it's important to me as a whole because it's like, I mean, this is the air we breathe. It's like, yeah, justice and politics and stuff. Like, it, I mean, it, it only exists in the marketplace of ideas unless you're 
black or female or LGBTQ or immigrant or like, so it's like, <laughs> it's not just, you know what I'm saying? Like, or Kurd or totally, totally. poor. Like, so it's like, these are not, they're not ideas or mm -hmm. topics. Like this is the life we live. So it's like, you know, if, if I want to experience just a regular human life where I don't have to worry about, you know what I'm saying, sitting in my own home. Like, it's one thing to get shot by the police in the streets. It's another thing to get shot in your house. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, these are these are unavoidable. You just, you can't live. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Now, as a musician, for me, it's like, that's the type of hip-hop I came from was the type of hip-hop that just had something to say about life and about culture, you know what I'm saying? So like, yeah. I, I just don't, I feel like I can't, I'm not gonna waste anybody's time, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, with music that's, and it's not like I'm against, you know, party music, like I just don't make it, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, I, but not like I don't listen to it, you know what I'm saying? Like every time you just wanna turn up, you feel me? So like, yeah. but I just, I'm like, people are dying, you know? Yeah. And I know from your lyrics and your poetry that your faith or your spirituality is also an important part of the work you're creating. Yeah. So tell me how that fits into all you're doing. Yeah. It's, I think, it, yeah, I think it has to do with like, for me, just bringing my whole self to the table. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't have, I don't have anything to, I don't want to use like triggering language, like be ashamed of, because that's not what I necessarily mean, but I don't have anything to hide. Like, um, you know, I am what I am. And the beautiful thing about art and music is like, it's like you opt in, like it's a self, like you, like the consumer chooses, like you don't, you don't have to listen to this. So <laughs> if you opting in, like you can self-select out, you know what I'm saying? So mm -hmm. I don't have anything to not, I have no reason to not bring my whole self to the table, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that is, you know, you know, my faith and like, and the ups and downs, like sometimes the joy in it, sometimes the disillusionment in it, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And like, cause that's who I am, you know what I mean? And that's just, again, like, that's just the art that I feel is most naturally comes out of me, yeah. you know, and is the most, most like authentic experience in joy and flourishing is um, like, I can't, you can't not include that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. So yeah. to me, it's like, I, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a marketing point. You feel me? Like, it's not a part of the package totally. that like he's a Christian, <laughs> but it's like, but it's an ingredient. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And I think that authenticity and just the sense that what you see is what you get. When I listen to your music, there's a rawness to it. There's a, yeah. there's a, a lack of pretense that I think is part of what attracts me to it and part of what I think is uh, so important for the culture that we're living in today. So rad. Thanks, man. Well, I'm also curious to know, because you've talked a lot in different public forums just about your background growing up in LA and, and some of the uh, communities and experiences you had growing up. I think I read somewhere you talked about being this one black kid in a mm -hmm. white neighborhood yeah. and experienced feeling like you didn't belong or that you were the wrong color, or you were in the wrong neighborhood. Uh, just these experiences of isolation or, or being on the outside. But you also mentioned how that actually helped you form your identity in God. Yeah. Tell me some about that. Yeah. So, so sort of the white neighborhood was much later on. I, I grew up almost 
almost entirely in like a Latino and Filipino neighborhood. Um, and then later on, you know, we moved into like this sort of sort of suburban area. Um, but yeah, I think I think the thing was for me, my father being, you know, a, a former Black Panther, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, both my parents, you know, being, you know, educated. Uh, I had no doubts in my mind Black was beautiful. Come on. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I knew where I came from. I was like, this is a this is a blessing. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you wish you had my culture. You feel me? So like, so in my head, it was like when I came home, I saw the I just didn't understand why everybody else didn't see it. You know what I mean? Sure. So with that, it was like, okay, there's some sort of disconnect between what I'm seeing at home and what I'm seeing outside that uh it just forced me to be like, man, whether any of y'all recognize this or not, you know what I'm saying? Um, I'm made exactly the way I'm supposed to be made, you know? And that was something that like I learned to sort of celebrate because I didn't have the luxury of, you know, that some of my cousins had or, you know, mm-hmm. I didn't live on the same street as my grandmother, you know what I'm saying? Where, mm-hmm. you know, which was a, you know, a black environment, you know what I'm saying? So I just didn't see what I experienced at home and with my family, you know, and even with my extended family wasn't what I was experiencing at school or at, you know, church or anything. So like, it just made me go, man, this is on purpose, man. I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, you know what I'm saying? And just like mm-hmm. celebrating the fact that like, man, thank God for making me this, you know? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And do you feel like that experience is foundational to what, really influenced you to pursue poetry and spoken word as a form of expression? How much did that play into your art? Yeah, maybe as the content, as far as like what I choose to talk about, but like hip hop and poetry itself, for me, it's like, you know, the era that I lived in for LA, hip hop was being, was in its like, you know, I want to say like childhood or like toddler phase in California, like I was too young for like the origins of it, you know what I'm saying? But like, um, I wasn't even around then, but um, by this time it had taken root in the sense of like, man, there was hip hop shots to go to. You could hop on your bus, hop on a bus, go down to Venice Beach. This guy's spinning on their heads. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You're just like, this is the coolest, you know? And again, living in the West, like you forget, even with like the skater stuff. So like Dogtown dudes in Santa Monica, like, you know, you it it exported as a white thing but like we all (laughs) we're all just loser kids you know what i'm saying so like you know when you jump when you you hop and you ditch in school hop on the fence to skate in somebody's pool because there's a drought you know what i mean like you're listening to hip-hop you feel me so so you know you got a backpack full of like spray cans you know so to me it was like just being a part of the culture like it wasn't so much this uh the like the justice stuff that was like drove me to create like this Mm -hmm. it was the environment itself was like man this is the story of our world this is the soundtrack of our life so you know you just yeah yeah jump in and participate in it you know well from what i understand growing up you had this inclination for art and drawing yeah and how your interest in creativity led you away from what could have been gang life absolutely or other less positive involvements yeah so Tell me how art had a positive impact on you growing up. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. It's like you're sitting in the back of the sitting in the back of the car, you know, you're sitting in the back seat, you know, on the way to grandma's house. You cross the LA River 
and which isn't a river you know if y'all know that like it's not (laughs) it's paved Um, but it's just there's like graffiti murals that are just like this they're larger than life just these size of buildings just this glowing vibrant colorful stuff that just was in the middle of this like urban decay this area Mm -hmm. that y'all called like you know poor and violent Mm -hmm. we just saw beautiful colors just all over the building so for me i was like yo whatever that is i'm trying to do it you know so i just fell in love with the visual aspects of like yeah drawing and painting and and then once you're around other like graph writers you realize again they also are break dancers and then you're just like oh man what is this music we're all listening to so it just kind of all happened at the same time so when you fall in love with all that i just didn't have time for no like just just gang banging i just have time for it i was like man i'm too busy trying to like you know, yeah. climb on the side of a freeway. You know, I was like, this That's is so awesome. much cooler than that, you know? And then plus like, you know, in my particular hood, like I said, it was a, it was a, it was a Latino hood. So because of that, like I'm, they're not recruiting me, you know, cause I just, they're just not going to put me in there on their set, you know? <laughs> right. I'm the son of a black Panther with a Mexican spouse and Caucasian best friends and my writing tone now. It's not one that offers you a neat little bow to tie all your little problems up with. I learned enough to know that I don't know that much. I know God became a man to save us, and we still can't explain pyramids. Well, you know, hearing this part of your story reminds me of something I was thinking about recently, and that's how the opposite of creativity is not destruction, but it's passivity. Yeah. And sometimes if we just get moving in a direction, inspiration catches up to us. But sometimes destruction or deconstruction can be a healthy thing because sometimes it requires tearing some things down before we can build something new. Yeah. What would you say to that? Yeah, man. It's like there's, there's a certain part of like seeing something there that's not because uh, and just seeing one thing like evolve into something else so for me yeah the deconstruction of like if you say for example like somebody looks at again a decaying wall and you're like oh that sucks look at that dilapidated wall you know what i'm saying and i'm going no art says that's a canvas Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. and i'm going to transfer this isn't it's not decay you know what i mean but it's like there is a like to borrow the language you're saying like there is a part of you that has to deconstruct your concept of a canvas of a wall of decay of all these things you have to take that part stuff apart and be like yeah i just don't see the world that way you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. i see it reformed into other things you know what i mean so and and it was like that yeah whether it's my faith or people or the soil or whatever the case may be like i see things in those lights of just like let me take this apart real quick and, and imagine it as something else you know what i'm saying um i i like i said i see that in culture i see that in like but i can't just like but i'm not just gonna sit here and just be like and just take things for what they are you feel me like because i'm like there's beauty there yeah it's just you have to like let yourself be like it's more than what i think it is you feel me absolutely yeah open in a broken system to fix what's broken in us it's not working is it 
I know that activism has always played a large part in your music and your poetry. Yeah. But you've also maintained that activism isn't an end in itself. True. That maybe there's a deeper or a more personal issue at the root of some of these social issues that we have. And I love what you said, fixing the broken system won't fix what's broken in us. Tell me about that. Yeah, so here's the thing, man. I think oftentimes as an oppressed, part of an oppressed people group, especially for me specifically, I could speak specifically for myself, but like, you know, in general, I can, I can extrapolate this, that the idea is like, once white supremacy dies, mm-hmm. once this infrastructure finally burns down, we'll be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. So that meant that I put my hope, my prize is someone else getting it, Mm -hmm. you know, and and then but then the part of me is going, okay, and then what? Right. Um, Or what if they don't? Right. And why have I put my joy and my fulfillment in the hands of somebody that clearly doesn't see me as an equal. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't put my hope in them changing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So that means that like, I have to find rest and joy somewhere else. That doesn't mean I don't keep fighting because again, this is the air I breathe. Like if I'm moving through the world, you, have, <laughs> I'm not being able to move through the world freely because of systemic injustices. Mm-hmm. So there's no, it's an un. So that's the thing that, like, I feel like I, I wish pe- I wish I could get across that, like, this is not optional. Like, it's an unavoidable. It's unavoidable. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, so, so you don't opt into it if it's actively happening to you. You feel me, right? It's like the best uh, best way to explain it is like, okay, so if you live in, let's say you live in a city where the air pollution is let's say it's at like 79 percent like it's just something ridiculous like the air is brown like you look outside and the air is brown do you have an option to be an environmentalist like it's not an option it's the air your air is toxic like you Mm -hmm. just you can't choose it's not a constant you can't choose to talk about it it's like this is what you're breathing you know what i'm saying Mm -hmm. so for me that's like I really hope people catch that from what I'm saying. It's like, yo, it's just like, I can't, you can't not do it. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I kind of forgot the question now. Can you go? <laughs> Sorry, I got excited. <laughs> no, you don't need the question. That was great. Uh, but you made me think, you know, it's kind of like the artist's responsibility uh, is to respond to the environment. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Like, I can't, like Nina Simone says that. She says, like, uh, the artist's number one job is to, like, discern the times, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I feel like this is my joy. Like, I don't necessarily consider my work as, like, like prescriptive. Like, I'm not going to prescribe. I'm not going to, it's not instructive. Like, I'm not trying to tell you what to do. It's Mm -hmm. descriptive. I'm like, let me paint this picture for you. Let me paint the emotional picture for you, the sociological picture. How are we moving through space with the realities that we exist in? You know what I mean? Absolutely. Um, And you could draw your own conclusions. Absolutely. I love that. It's like uh, the artist, the role of the artist is to help us 
ask the right questions or yeah. to present us with a particular awareness that allows us to ask the right questions before we can even get to Absolutely. kind of come into our own conclusions. Yeah. And I see that in your work. And yeah, uh, that's something that I appreciate about the poetry and the hip hop and the music that you're doing. Thank you. Is, uh, is, is bringing that awareness. Thanks, man. Well, I feel it. You said something else that I loved, and you can tell I've been stalking you now to get ready for this conversation, but you said that I'm not the artist, I'm the canvas. What does that mean? Well, it's a lyric um, from my buddy Macho, who who said it first. He's one of my rap mentors, and then I put it on a t-shirt, so shout out Macho. Um, (laughs) But it's it's just this idea that, like, you know, in the in its most like rawest like um, original intent is just this idea that the creator is the artist. You know what I'm saying? And he's making me into something that is beautiful. You know, so it's a it's a it's an image of surrendering of just being like, man, I'm just gonna like be along for the ride, enjoy the enjoy the journey. You know, and embrace what I am becoming. You know, and not be so like you know, controlling or rigid in, you know, um, my picture of self. Cause you know, like, you know, it's false self type stuff. Like you have just this idea of yourself and idea of what you think you are, you know, and then when it doesn't line up, now you're frustrated and it's everybody else's fault. And now you're a jerk, you know what I'm saying? And it's just like, you know, I don't want to be that. But I think if you just kind of let yourself as a principle be like, man, I'm just the canvas. Like there's art is being made out of my life. You know what I'm saying? Um, I just think you just move through the world like with much more joy. Would you say that your art and your poetry has helped you clarify some of your own questions about who you are and who you're becoming? Oh, absolutely, man. Um, I think that there's like this part of me, the, my, the, my experience is like leading up to like putting something out. It's like, I feel like I do definitely like live sort of the pain and the joy and the questions that make that music. And then after it's out, it's like, I, it's almost like I experience it again, like looking back and being like, dang, that's what I was talking about here. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, dang, mm-hmm. I'm like living this stuff right now. You know what I mean? Um, it's like, it's never fails, man. Like that, that the both like experiences are there and just being like, dang, dude, that's what I was talking about, man. Or being like, yo, I didn't even know I was going to need this. Like three years later, like sheesh, <laughs> good job, prop. I needed this, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that the music that we make or the poetry that we write, the art that we're making, once it's done, it tends to take on a life of its own. And like you said, three years later, you may come back and get to know your work as yeah. a whole different person or a whole different entity you didn't even know existed at the time you made it. Yeah, totally. Well, dude, I want to ask you one more question. And I know that you've got some new stuff on the horizon, some new things yeah, coming man. up, a tour uh, called the Hard to Love Tour, which I think is a great title. Thanks, man. <laughs> uh, I'd, love to, I'd love to pick that apart a little bit too, but... Um, yep. Tell me some about what's coming down the pike for you. Yeah, so depending on when this is released, there's the LA event on October 21st. There's the Oakland event on October 27th, um, where the event is like, it's kind of a variety show. There's like comedy, there's our hood politics section, there's you know a live interview, and then I perform. 
and the performances also some stuff we have on the horizon like i just released a single on the 11th uh with john gibbs Derek minus called dope um and again depending on when this comes out then you may or may not know that Derek and i did like a seven song album uh or ep called nothing but a word um which i believe november 15th is the date for that release um and it's just essentially like it uh, the the tour the record like all of it kind of existed in the same orb of like coming out a really hard time my dj passed away around this time last year uh who you know wasn't just my dj is like my best friend you know and then my wife hit like a moment of depression and just like my kid rebelled it was just this like weird horrible horrible season um that sort of knitted our family together much more um my the record label i was on and have been with the whole time like kind of transition like dudes were taking like full-time pastoral jobs now you know what i'm saying like i'm the only one rapping you know what i mean and just feeling like man what am i doing now you know what i mean um and just just really kind of coming back to center and being like man you know learn how to sabbath like man, take some rest. Like, man, your ambition is like tearing you apart. It's not that ambition is evil, but like you're not resting, man. And you snapping at everybody. Like, you remember you, this is fun. Like this stuff is fun, man. You know, and just really coming back to that and and just sort of like, man, you started rapping because you started rapping. Like you wasn't thinking about like charts and record sales and stuff. Like you wasn't thinking about it. You know what I'm mm -hmm. saying? You just thinking about just like make something dope, you know? So... This little EP is about is a back is about coming back to that, and then the tour is about choosing to love anyway in the midst of all these like hella difficult choices, you know. Yeah, we've talked about tearing down systems and cultural commentary, and how your faith journey or your spiritual path is such a part of who you are. Mm -hmm. But all this brings me to the question now of how can we as artists come together and walk side by side toward a new cultural commentary or how can we contribute to creating a new cultural environment? Mm. When I hear some of the things you say, my heart is ripped open and mm. I find myself asking, how can we unify in this time yeah. to move toward a new social environment? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of it is an outpouring of like, out of like real relationship of like, yo, who's around you? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Making stuff that you're like, yo, the world needs to see this, you know? And, you know, you personally growing from uh, a connection with whatever that artist circle is. And then secondly, like doing what we do best, which is like, okay, so if, if you got like a space, like what you're doing right now, like you got a platform, you got an audience and being like, my audience needs to hear this. You know what I'm saying? So like sometimes just that dose of humility of being like, I'm gonna put, I don't have it, this person do. You know what I'm saying? And putting mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. other voice in front of your crowd. You know what I'm saying? And if it's a matter yeah. of like, yo, promoting each other, like, man, you know what I'm saying? Like, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're, you're this person you believe in as, in, you know, it's like, yo, they, they, they got a concert, they got an album, they got a ticket, man, post that on your socials, man. You know, push mm -hmm. your crowd to that. Like, hey, I'm not going to this show, I'm out of town, but y'all need to be there. Like, sell this fool's venue out, you know what I'm saying? Um, my, homeboy, <laughs> my homeboy Bamboo, I saw him do this once, it blew my mind. He was like, look, I have a show tonight, but so does this guy. And he's like, this guy's one of my heroes. It's all good. 
go see him too. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not gonna hurt my yeah. feelings. You go see him. That moved me so much because I was like, I don't even know if I got the bravery to do that. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So because of that, man, I went on that fool's website. On my homie's website, and I bought two tickets. I was like, man, I can't be there, but here, get these tickets away, dog. Like, cause that's dope. You see, yeah. you do that. You know what I mean? So I just think it's that, man. Like, post other people's flyers, man. Go to other people's shows. Buy tickets. Buy merch. You feel me? Like, yeah. you know, I to me, it's like it's that. You know that if we, you know, like if we can't support each other, you feel me? Especially when you think they work is important, then like, mm -hmm. man, I don't know how we gonna get the culture to get together either. You know. No, it's good. It it creates an environment of connectivity and collaboration yeah, instead man. of competition. Absolutely. Yeah, I think yeah. a lot of times as artists, and I get it, man, but it's like we function on scarcity, man. It's like, you know, hey, if this person has 20 bucks, I need you to spend your 20 bucks to buy a ticket to my show, <laughs> not to theirs. You cuz you cuz cuz apparently everybody only got one twenty bucks, you know what I'm saying? So like, right. you know, you're like we all fighting for these same fans. It's like, yo, six point eight billion humans, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. I don't have to be a jerk. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't have to be a jerk about this. Mm -hmm. That's good. Well, propaganda. I appreciate you as an artist. I appreciate you as a human being, and man, I really appreciate you. the work you're doing in the world. And uh, thank you for coming on the show with us today. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate it, bro. So fun, man. Thank you so much for listening to the Makers and Mystics podcast. I'd like to thank our patrons for making these conversations possible. Your support of Makers and Mystics has helped create a library of over 100 episodes on creativity, art, and faith. If you are not currently a patron and would like to see these conversations continue, please consider joining our creative collective today at patreon.com slash makersandmystics. If you're not able to make a financial contribution, please follow along on Instagram at Makers and Mystics or leave us a kind review on iTunes. We'll see you again next week with another Artist Profile episode. That's what you should expect from us. Least we could do to say thank you for how we blessed us. All else is blasphemy. Disagree, get at me. And he with low standards, don't get no mics on. The stages I stand on to battle with the stakes with the rights to keep the mic for a couple more bars. No YouTube channels for rap battles or cash prizes.